With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights. But they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. He's blank. I'm Bradham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Got a little fear factor? A little fear factor? For the Cleveland Browns? Houston Texans? Things to worry about with Cleveland, starting with their defense. There we go. Here's a little fear factor. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, oh, yeah. Did you? I never watched I don't think I did either. I would see like a couple of clips here and now where they're eating like centipedes oh, and stuff like right. that. Yeah, yeah. But I never, I never, uh, I, I don't think I've watched a single episode. I mean, that was like prime Factor. MTV or whatever it was when I was growing up. Wasn't so. it like on Fox? Yeah, I think it was on. Maybe it was Fox. So that was the national national network. Yeah, I never, I never watched a full episode, but I, I am aware of the show. Aware of like some of the stuff they would do. Pre-steroid Joe Rogan. Yeah. That's right. He's super skinny and like, look at those videos. Yeah, he was pretty skinny. Still needs um, to see Doc Linville. Browns defense, one of the very best in the entire NFL. Where is your fear factor scare or a scale of one to ten on the Cleveland Browns defense? Whew. Uh, I feel a little better because they've got some injuries this time around, but it's still worth the respect and attention of the best defense this year in the NFL. I'd say seven. Yeah, my fear factor is at a ten. Like, I mean, it's it's the Cleveland Browns defense, one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. By some metrics, they are the number one defense in the NFL. Uh, they they make. I mean, I understand it's Case Keenum, Goku's greatest quarterback statistically in college football history. Uh, but they made him look awful, and they've done that to many. Qu- they did it to Lamar Jackson this year. They did it to Joe Burrow this year. They did it to Brock Purdy this year. So I'm at a 10 with the Cleveland Browns defense. Here was D'Amico Ryans earlier this week talking about what makes that defense so good. They keep after it. They are fast. They are physical. Right, starting with their front, their linebackers are probably some of the fastest linebackers in the league. They fly sideline to sideline making plays. Their secondary is sticky in coverage. So with their defense, it's not a lot of space. Right, and they're on guys, and they're going to make you earn it. And that's what makes them makes them good when you have a really good rush unit up front tied with really tight, sticky coverage. It's tough to find windows to throw the football in, and that's what makes them really good. There's D'Amico's thought on that. A little horse D'Amico, Ryan. That, to me, is the biggest distraction of the week. None, not this Cal Carey stuff, not this Bobby Slowick. I think the biggest distraction is the head coach can't communicate with his team. Yeah, look, uh, I don't, I, I don't disagree with you. The fact that he's got the Wolfman Jack—that's a throwback for you uh, of age. He's got the Demi Moore voice going on a guy's perspective. I was trying to think. There's somebody else that always lost their voice. Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers always seemed to have that kind of voice because he was screaming so much coaching. Yeah, you listen to a lot of Doc. I've heard a lot of Doc Rivers over the years. Yeah, you've heard a lot of Doc. Um, yeah, ten for me, Joe. Where are you at with their defense? It's 10 as well. They're super good. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the NFL, and you have the best player probably on defense in the NFL not named T.J. Watt you're going against. So it's a full-on 10. 
There you go. All right, next up, how about one player specifically on that defense? Miles Garrett, who some think, maybe many think, will be the defensive player of the year. What's your fear factor on Miles Garrett? Oh, I think he's dominant. I think that I, I was encur- I'm encouraged by the fact that they found a way to try and keep him off of, of Case Keenum, or at least not just destroy Case Keenum. It's obviously hyper important to protect CJ. I'm going to say a nine just because of the fact that he is who he is. You can chip him. You can try and check. Like we talked about earlier, they're going to move him around. He is disruptive as any player in the NFL. So I got to go nine or ten. All right. I'm going to ten too. Like if I'm going to be a ten about that Cleveland Browns defense, I'm going to be a ten with the best defensive player in the league, according to some. He's had a great year. It's going to be fascinating to see where he lines up defensively too. I would would predict that more than half of his snaps are going to come on the right side of the Texans' offensive line. I think that the Texans are ready for that. I think they're prepared for that. Not saying they're going to have great success against that, but I do think they're anticipating that. Joe? Oh, it's a ten. It's easy. He's a monster. Like it's you gotta keep your quarterback healthy, and he's the number one thing that's gonna stop that from health like happening. So it's absolutely a ten. All right, moving on to the offensive side of the ball. Mari Cooper roasted you over 200 yards against the Houston Texans on Christmas Eve. Here was the defensive coordinator for the Texans, Matthew Burke, talking about the message to the defense facing Amari for the second time. Yeah, well, I don't know if I brought it up. I think everyone's pretty aware of how it went down. Um, again, you know. Taking away explosives is always part of a starting point for us when we're game planning, and obviously we didn't do a good job of that specifically with him um, in the first game. So, I mean, that's not even something that had to be brought up. Everyone kind of knew coming in, hey, we can't play like that again, obviously, and can't let him. If he's breaking records on Saturday again, it's going to be a long day. He had 11 catches, 265 yards, two touchdowns in the first meeting. He single-handedly got Jalen Petrie benched. Little me uh, MA there, Jalen Petrie, missed assignment. Uh, now, Amari did miss the next game with an injury. Now, he sat in Week 18. Probably could have played in Week 18, but didn't because they had their spot locked up. Uh, we'll play against the Texans tomorrow. Fear factor for Amari Cooper. Yeah, it's high. It, I, I, I just, the only thing I can hope for is they learned a lesson and the fact that, you know, even Cleveland knows that there's going to be a hyper-focus on him, so they're going to look for other ways to beat you as well. But I, I believe that... He's the most dangerous weapon that Flacco has. He's the guy that everybody has to be hyper-focused on. He's still capable of doing it, as those guys said. I'll, I'll say a nine again. This, to me, kind of depends on how you play defense. If, if I knew that Stingley was going to draw that assignment, I'd put it about like a six. But I don't expect the Texans to do that. I don't expect D'Amico to do that. He's flat-out said that's not who we are. Now, it would be a fascinating curveball if he went against that tomorrow. That'd be really cool. And they also play zone more than they play man. So it's not like it's their principle either to play a lot of man-to-man where Stingley would just be matched up with Amari uh, a lot. Based on what I know, what D'Amico does defensively, I'm going to put this at an eight. Uh, now, he's a key to stop. You can slow him down offensively. They do other things, and Joku's fine. We'll get to him in a second. You know, their running game is not bad. You know, Ford's pretty solid. Kareem Hunt, a little, little long in the tooth, but still can, can beat you a little bit. And then Flacco. Like, Cooper's their best weapon. Uh, I'll put it at an 8 on Amari Cooper, actually. Joe? That's right where I'm at. Uh, I'm at an 8. I mean, he's, he's a really good player. One of the worst trades in the NFL we've seen in the last couple of years is, uh, what was it, fifth-round pick? I thought it was sixth. Yeah, yeah well, they had to get awesome. rid of that twenty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Cowboys wish they would not have done that uh, instead of you know paying Zeke Elliott. But it's it's an eight for me because he, he's a really talented player, and I don't think they're going to follow him with things. So he's going to get his just to hope he's not breaking records, like Burke said. 
David Njoku against the Texans, six catches, 44 yards, had a, a touchdown as well. Really good season, 81 catches, 882 yards, six touchdowns, one really nasty burn. Uh, had a, a fantastic year. Here was uh, Burke again talking about what Njoku does for their offense. Yeah, I mean, he's a great athlete. Obviously, he's a big athlete. Um, you know, probably, uh, you know, one of the better kind of like, He's not really – he's a Y. He can block, but he's also, you know, an athletic – like a bigger athlete. He's not one of those, like, undersized tight ends. So he's got size and athleticism. Um, and, yeah, they use him a lot like that. Like, a lot of his explosives come on run-after-catch stuff. It's not – not that he can't stretch the field and, and, and hit on a seam or not. They try to push him uh, on one. Christian broke, broke it up the first game. But he does a really good job of, you know, like, again, you're worried about Goodwin or you're worried about Cooper and you're all – you're pushing off and then all of a sudden there's space underneath. Uh, so they – Njoku is my, like, dream tight end. And I know that he's under contract. It's not going to happen. If you can find a David Njoku clone, I think he is the perfect tight end to pair up with C.J. Stroud. I think what, what I was referring to earlier, too, is, is from the Cooper perspective. If you're going to focus on Cooper and they know you're going to focus on Cooper, this is the first guy you go to. It's kind of like Schultz being C.J.'s safety blanket, only this guy, like he said, you, he can do it all. He's capable of doing it a million different ways. And if they start to focus a lot on Cooper, this is the next guy in line. I'd say it's about a seven. I think that he's dangerous. I think he can beat you, like I said, a multitude of ways. And I think that if there is too much focus on Cooper, that's who's going to get the ball. Now they play a lot of zone, so it kind of uh, changes the emphasis on that a little bit, although I agree that I think that you're going to see Stefanski force the Texans and the secondary, especially the safeties, especially Jalen Petrie. Like, that's the one that he got burned on. I think it was Njoku running an out route, and he tried to, like, undercut it because he thought that he had beaten his man, and he tried to, like, play that, and then they played the, threw the deep ball to Amari Cooper deep down the left sideline. I imagine Stefanski's going to force the Texans' safeties to make a decision between Njoku and Amari Cooper. Uh, Texans believe in not allowing the explosive plays. See if Petrie can do that tomorrow. I'm at a seven with Njoku. Joe George? I'm at a six, even though they get cooked a lot of times by tight ends. If you keep them out of the red zone, you know, they fall into that bend-don't-break mentality. So I would do everything I can to let Njoku have a bunch of yards and not Amari Cooper because I think it still helps the Texans win. So I'm at a six. Finally, Joe Flacco. We don't need to hear Burke on this. He says he's an old man, but he's not old. He's still really good, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Joe Flacco has started five games for the Browns. He is 4-1 in those five games. Incredible story. He's thrown for 300 yards or more in four of those five games as well. Now, he's thrown some picks. He's thrown at least one interception in every game. He has eight interceptions in those five games. I think the Texans can get to him here a little bit. Uh, what's your fear factor with Joe Flacco under center for the Browns? I'm, I'm at a six. I think these guys beat you with talent. Flacco's just got a big arm, and he's capable of getting the ball where it needs to go. I'm with you. I think he could cough it up. He, I think he could throw it to someone in red, white, and blue. Uh, I think he can give you some opportunities, but I think that when you get guys that are wide open that are behind your defense, when you get guys that are so athletic that are creating space at the tight end position, he can put the ball where it needs to go. Kudos to him for the way he's resurrected uh, a career that we thought was over to do what he's been able to do. But in terms of where I put it on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of Texans fear factor, I'm going to say a 6. I'm going to put it at a three. I think he's going to have a lousy game tomorrow. I think the Texans are going to feast. I think Flacco's going to throw multiple interceptions. And we're going, to rem- we're going to remember why Joe Flacco was a couch away from his football deathbed. Texans are going to beat up on Joe Flacco tomorrow. He's going to be awful. My fear factor is at a three. Joe? Four. I, 
I just don't really believe in Flacco either. I think he might have a big play or two in him that makes it challenging for the Texans to win the game, but he's not an elite quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. Like He is throwing an interception on 3.9% of his passes in the NFL. The only quarterback that's worse than that is Bailey Zappi. You like that stat. I love that stat. I can tell. Um, I think they're going to get to him too, so I'm a four. I kind of like these quotes we saw from the aftermath, the Browns-Texans the first time around. You had like a bunch of Texans saying they were sick to their stomach. And you had Amari Cooper said it kind of seemed a little bit easier. All right. You had a couple ex-Texans right. basically talking about they're good, we're better. And uh, what's his name? Obu or whatever said, coming home, this is my game. And I'm going to, you know, all this stuff. Let them talk. They won. They, they feel comfortable. They feel comfortable. They haven't played a real playoff game like the Texans have. Texans have played two must-win games. Maybe the Titan one wasn't like must-must-win, but it was pretty musty, pretty musty win. Uh, Cleveland, they haven't, and they rest all their starters, and they think that they can dominate the Browns again. All right, we'll see. All right, why will the Texans win the Super Bowl? Why won't they? We'll give our answers. The Athletic, they had the idea. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. 3%. 3%. Uh, he's Blank. I'm Branham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. The Athletic put together a uh, little piece today. I don't know who they got the Texans content from because they don't have a, a guy from the Athletic that covers the Houston Texans. How is that possible? How is that possible? Know. How does the athletic not, like Budget, in my soapbox money? and my rants when it comes to this? They have a guy for the Rockets. Oh, no offense to Kelly Eco. No well, that's offense, right, they do. Yeah, you're right. No offense, but they're the Houston NFL team, and you don't have a single guy covering or a single gal covering. They went uh, the 18 Houston months Texans. without Texans or Astros. It's ridiculous. And finally, they that's got Rome. I wonder how many NFL teams they don't have a, a B rider on for. I bet you the Texans are one of the few. I bet you they're one of the few, and I bet you they're the biggest market. And I bet you they're all AFC South teams. You think they got one in Green Bay? They're not a bigger market than Houston. No, I'm saying just like from a team perspective, like that. I think that I think Green Bay could be one of those the markets that they don't have someone. Maybe I don't know. I thought I figured you would know that. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how many teams they don't have beat guys on. I just know that they don't have one for the Texans, which is outrageous to me. They should hire Stutzy. Stutzy should be the beat writer for the Athletic. Anyways, they had a piece today of why every team in the playoffs will win the Super Bowl and why every team in the playoffs won't win the Super Bowl. Why, what do you think? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I see the Twitchers are having some fun with this. Uh, I'm not going to read King of Twitches. Uh, Alex says Texans win the Super Bowl because they beat the Steelers in the AFC Championship and the Bucks in the uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, you're, you're, we're going to have to go to uh, we're going to have to go to the the extreme here. We're going to have to go all the you know this might be hot takey. This might be super unrealistic. Maybe it's fictional. Maybe it's fictional. There's never been a rookie quarterback that has started a Super Bowl game, so it would be unprecedented. Uh, now Stroud has had the best rookie quarterback performance uh, in this century. So let's start with the why they would make. The Super Bowl. Why or win it, actually? Why would they win the Super Bowl, Joel Blank? To me, it's all about your quarterback. They're going to win the Super Bowl if C.J. Stroud just continues to defy the odds that some people have that a rookie's not supposed to do these things, that he, there's a checklist, this imaginary checklist, that he still has to check all these boxes. And what we've seen is he's checked all of them all year long, that he continues to check them, and he continues to take this team where no one thought he could take them this year. 
that he makes the most of whoever's available, doesn't worry about who's not, and just continues to keep this team rolling. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make mistakes. And and he just continues to prove to everybody he's that guy. He's got that it factor. That's how they win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Just simply the fact that you just keep riding C.J. Stroud as far as he can take you, and he somehow takes you there. Yeah, I think it's it's two fronts. Uh, one on the offensive end, and look, their offense is is not as good as it could be, you know, because Tank Dell Tank is Dell, not yeah. there. If they had Tank and Nico, like that's that's tough to stop it, with Singletary running the football better. A patchwork offensive line, like they got to be able to protect all of those things. But offense is going to take heroics from CJ Stroud. There's no doubt about it. For them to do the unthinkable, and it would be the unthinkable. Like they they also this uh, the athletic also had the Super Bowl odds. And the chances for the Texans, for every team to win the Super Bowl. But for the Texans, it's a 1.8%. Like, there's a 98% chance they don't win the Super Bowl. So heavy logic would tell you they're not going to. But how do they do the unthinkable? How do they do the 2%? How do they achieve those long odds? Well, C.J. Stroud's going to have to be him. C.J. Stroud's going to have to be the guy that he's capable of, like, we think he's capable of being. Where he's like an MVP level, QB, one in the entire NFL, or at least at that elite level. Which I think he does have that in him someday. In his rookie season, probably not, but he needs to put it to display in the playoffs if they're to win the Super Bowl. It has to be C.J. Stroud magic offensively. But then defensively, they have to be good as well. Now, the good news is the defense has actually been trending up. You look at where they've been in the second half versus where they were in the first half, their numbers have gone up by a pretty substantial amount. I think Will Anderson's playing his best football. Will Anderson in the second half has been a beast. First half, he was also really good. But the second half, like now he's actually getting to the quarterback. He's actually sacking the quarterback. Where in the first half of the season, it was really good against the run, getting pressures. Now he's doing all of that and sacking the quarterback. John Grenard, back. Derek Stingley's playing at an incredibly high uh, level. Jalen Petrie, after he got benched in the Cleveland game, has been much better. So like the defense is trending well, but the defense is going to have to play at a top 10 level and C.J. Stroud has to be him if the Texans have any hope of doing the absolute unthinkable. Yeah, and you got Cashman. You know, you you, you know Cashman's had a, a career year. You've got guys. Christian Harris has played better and better. Imagine if Will Will Anderson was healthy. Imagine if Grenard was healthy, and you were back to the way those guys were playing and wreaking havoc when they were not as dinged up. And you hope with every passing week they do find a way. That's why you don't worry about them practicing or not because you just need them to be healthy come that next game. If they can be healthy, there's been a lot of guys that had career years. There's been a lot of guys that have had groundbreaking years like Anderson uh, and Grenard. And look, the potential is there for them on the defensive side of the football. It's not like that they're just going to be sieves and give up uh, you know, a ton of yards and get run over. King of Twitch says, y'all are idiots saying Super Bowl and Texans in the same sentence. Where are you at on this, Joe? Texans win the Super Bowl, unthinkable, of course. What would it take? C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't even think it's – he has to prove he's better than Mahomes to win a Super Bowl this year. Like, it, it's – I get why the Athletic did this story. Like, I know, like, some of the narrow-minded don't understand why we're even discussing this. But, like, <laughs> it, the fact is, is, like, they made this for every single team that was in the playoffs. Like, C.J. Stroud, if if he is the best quarterback in the NFL, yep. then they win a Super Bowl. And honestly, he might not be one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL his rookie year for them to do so. It, it's illogical. But. Now, the, the Athletic says – the Athletic was actually an interesting one. It says because Nico Collins continues to play like a top-five receiver, Stroud gets a lot of praise for Houston's revival, blah, 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 blah. But they actually point more to Collins than they do Stroud. They say if Collins can duplicate his regular season success in the postseason, combined with Stroud's continued emergence, we could have the first rookie quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Why they won't, they say because they get stuck running the ball too much. I know they like to set it up, blah, 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 blah. But he basically kind of 
takes a shot at Bobby Slowick catching strays in this article. Why won't they win? Why won't they win the Super Bowl? Which is a ninety-eight percent chance of happening. I just think that it's too much. There's too many injuries to overcome. The fact that this team has done so much that they just run out of gas. Like you know how many times we've talked about injuries throughout the year with the offensive line. We just got done talking about their bookend edge rushers both dealing with injuries. We, we, you know, we continue to talk about Cashman being out and guys being dinged up and the receiving core just without Tank Dell. And the injuries are just too much. Like, I just think that this roster, as good as it's been, no one expected them. At least I didn't expect them to be in this position going this far and be completely healthy. But to have endured everything that they've endured and then to have that playoff late game last week to get through just to try and get some guys back and you know they're not 100 percent and obviously no one is in this league i i think that it, there's just too many obstacles to overcome at this point in the season and, and and too many of your key players are just too dinged up or in the case of tank down not playing at all yeah that's where i'm at as well i just don't think that the the roster is there yet and i think you have inexperience and youth at a lot of critical positions uh, you know, Stroud being a rookie. I don't think that the firepower is there either. Now, if you have Tank, it's a much different story with the firepower offensively. And I like Nico, and I think Schultz is at, you know, the binky and the weapon. But you don't really have that extra firepower. Like, Singletary's been solid. I wouldn't say that he's, like, this explosive running back. And you don't have that complimentary piece for, for, for Nico. And then also, defensively, you've been inconsistent. Like, they've, they've shown flashes. They've shown flashes of being a good defense. But it's also been inconsistent. I just don't think that the roster is there yet for the Texans to really realistically uh, win the Super Bowl. And, and yes, King of Twitch, it is a fictional conversation. Uh, Joe, where do you stand? Yeah, that's where I was at too. Like, they're, they're just not good enough. They're just not a good enough football team yet. They do not have enough talent to go on that type of run. Even if they were fully healthy, like, yeah, Tank Dell would be awesome in this offense. You still have a running back that, like, I think is average at best and has had some recent success your offensive line healthy or not has not been consistently good and your defense consistently all year has made superstars out of bums or they've made good players into look like the best players on the earth jonathan taylor had the best game of his career or of his season against you amari cooper you lost to bryce young you gave taylor heineke cooked you like you have let bad bad football players become great or Good players become superstars, and like it just shows, like they're just not good enough yet. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN three five nine zero. Wasn't Tom Brady a rookie when he won in New England? No, no, he was a second year guy. He only played in one game in his rookie season. Uh, people asked me about Kurt Warner earlier on Twitter. Warner was in his second season as well. Uh, Dan Marino's a guy that comes up a lot. That was his second season. One one six four. He, he he feels strongly about this. He says Stroud wouldn't be the first rookie to win a Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl as a rookie. Incorrect. Well, he was uh, twenty three. What's that? He was twenty three years old, and he the had, age yeah. doesn't matter if you're a rookie or not. No, I understand that, but I mean, he was twenty three, and he played. He had played in the league, I think, at least a year. You who win? Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. Ben Roethlisberger in his second season went to the Super Bowl. In his first year, they did get to the conference championship, which I think there's been six rookie quarterbacks who've gotten to the conference championship. Mark Sanchez is actually one of them. Uh, but there has never been a rookie quarterback that has started the Super Bowl. It has never happened. What Marino, Marino year two. But, that's what I said. No, I'm saying I understand that. I'm saying year two he got to the Super Bowl. Was he one of the six that in his rookie year – Made the playoffs and or got to the conference championship because he I, did. He, they lost in their first playoff game as rookie okay, year. Okay, got it. Yeah, 
713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. So I like two messages I've heard from Kirby this week. And also, I, I have a viewing predicament tomorrow that I need your help on, Blinkers. Joe, Hive, uh, I'll discuss what it is when we come back. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend, Dr. Linville. Dr. Linville, best in the business at the Neograph procedure. If you don't know what it is, but you are constantly struggling with pattern baldness, going bald, thinning spots, losing your hair, and you think there's nothing you can do about it, but either shave it or try the sprays and the creams and the foams that mask it, you need to figure out the Neograph procedure because Doc Linville, not only best in the business at doing it, he's giving people in Houston a huge break that listen to ESPN 97.5. Right now, not only do you get a free consultation with Doc and his staff to see if it's right for you just by going to 975hair.com, but he's also reduced the prices. He's done this before, but he's doing it at a substantial amount. He's down to 350 a follicle because he believes it's not about making money on this one. It's about getting people to realize you actually can get your hair back. And genetically, you're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head. So why not take some of that, repurpose it where you need it most, like in the front at your hairline or up on top and back, and make a difference in people's lives. And because you're never going to lose it wherever he puts it, chances are it's going to stay. Truth is, 95 to 99% of those follicles that he moves are going to stay and be with you for the long haul for the rest of your life. It's phenomenal. I did it. I couldn't be happier with the procedure. It was painless. The recovery time was was easy for me. The fact is, you see the follicles immediately in six to nine months. You see the true results. It's a fantastic procedure. It's a game changer. Check him out and tell him I sent you by because he's the best in the business, in my opinion. Go to 975hair.com. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. He's blank on Branham. I got a predicament uh, on my hands here. And whenever I have a predicament, I, I like to get the sage wisdom and advice from the blank man. Uh, Joe can chip in, but I'm not really going to listen to Joe's opinion. But I'll certainly listen to the opinion of the Hive, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. So Texans, I mean, it's a 330 game, probably kick, what, 340? Like mm-hmm. 335, 340. I doubt it starts right at 330. So we're looking 330, 335, 340, somewhere in that, that window. I have a basketball broadcast, which I'm super excited for. Houston at TCU. TCU, good basketball team, man. They took Kansas down to the buzzer inside in Allen Fieldhouse and then beat the top 15 Oklahoma. So that's going to be a fun game tomorrow. That game tips at 5.05 exactly. I saw the timeline today. I looked at the timeline. So Texans kick between 330 and 3.40. U of H kicks at 5.05. So I'll be in the arena right. uh, when the Texans kick. What is my play here? Do I watch it up until tip on my computer? I'm going to turn the game off once it, uh, the, the, the basketball game tips. Like I could have it as a tab looking at the score, but I'm certainly not going to watch it. Or do I DVR this and try to get back home tomorrow night and watch the game without knowing the outcome late, late Saturday night? No, you, you play option A. You watch right. it as long as you can. Till about halftime or so? Till about halftime or so. And then you just ride it out. And if you want to, obviously your job is hyper-focused on watching and calling yeah. every single minute of it. I mean, every second of the action. So you would set yourself up for failure in option B because I've been there and I've done that. And I wasn't doing play-by-play. I was doing color. I was doing studio. I was doing other things. Uh-huh. But I'll tell you this. Because people on the team are going to know. People around you are going to know. 
And wherever you go and wherever you turn, someone's going to say, hey, tough tough one for the Texans. Or, hey, how about the Texans? And then you're going to be like, wait, what? And it's just, it's a lot to go through. So from personal experience, I think your best bet is watch it as long as you can and ride it out and then realize you'll catch up on what you missed. Uh, but you didn't miss as much as you would have otherwise. And otherwise, you're going to be grossly disappointed because someone's going to let the cat out of the bag. Someone's going to ruin it for you. And someone's going to tell you what happened. So do I, am I looking at scores during timeouts? That's up to you. Uh, I mean, I did. I mean, look, you, and you know, in, in the cases when it happened when we had a home game, we were up, up up against the club level in Toyota Center, and they had TVs everywhere, and then they had people that were watching more of the playoff game than they were the, the Rockets game, and you could hear every roar and, and hear people screaming at every play to where you were constantly looking over your shoulder and looking at your monitor going, what's the score? A lot of times they'll do you a solid, and they'll put it on the, someone will put it on the monitor on the table because they just understand it's going to happen anyway. But, yeah, I think it, as a fan, I'd be checking the score. Okay. What does the Hive think? 713-780-3776. I was going to watch it up until tip because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, all the prep will be done, all that. I'm just basically waiting for tip-off, which would take me to about halftime. Now, the second half would be kind of what uh, – am I DVRing that, watching that later? Am I peeking into the scores during the media timeouts? Things like that. Joe, what do you think? Uh, Hive, what do you think as well? 713-780-3776. I desperately need your help. Where, are you, where do you stand here, uh, Judge Joe? Now, I know, I know you're – Situation a little bit. Do you how? What's your relationship with your producer like? Do you know even know who it's going to be tomorrow? He's, yeah, he's a. I do. His name is Tio. He's a diehard Chiefs fan. Oh. Now, but if I but if I told him, don't tell me the score. He would. He wouldn't. Just because, like last time I came across this was during the World Series when the Astros won the World Series, and I was literally feeding people scores during breaks. So that's how we did it the last time there was a big game like this in town, and I was working on a play-by-play broadcast. I think you got to wait, though. Like, I'm watching none of it, because what if it's a close game? You're going to be distracted. Yeah, see, first of all, Jeremy, to be clear, I'm still you, and I know you will, but you're DVR in the game. You're watching in the entire yeah, I'll thing. Watch, I'll, watch the game, I'll watch the game, and um, I'll watch the game back no matter what. Right. If I well, I mean, if I don't know the score, obviously, but if I watch, if I know the score, I'm still going to watch the game again. The, the problem is, I don't really like, like, if I'm not watching the game, I'm not a huge fan of knowing the scores because I like to know how it happened, stuff like that. You know, blah 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 blah. Are you so, active on Twitter during a broadcast at all? Not at all. Okay, not at all. I, I turn everything off. Like, it's my undivided attention. Would Branham Wife allow you to go to a bar? And watch the DVR game on your phone. Well, that's not that's not a good idea because the bar is going to have TVs. It's going to have scores everywhere. Yeah. yeah, there's going to be scores everywhere. Yeah, that's true. So it's either I could, I mean, I could DVR it and I wouldn't be watching it on my phone, but I could listen to the now, broadcast on the drive home. Well, you still also, have, you're driving home. I was going to say, if you're flying home, no, driving, now yeah, it's driving. easier. Yeah, if you were flying, you could watch it on the flight on the way home with headphones on. Tune out. I think it'd be easier to tune people out and try and catch up, and especially if you watch the first half. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I think, think I would I think wait. I'm, now the other part of the the other wrinkle that we haven't talked about is if you DVR it, if I DVR it and I watch the second half when I get it home, uh, get home late night tomorrow, that means I'm not watching the Dolphins Chiefs game at all because there's like no DVR function on Peacock. That's right. No, so I, I, I would miss that game entirely. No, you're watching the first half. You're doing your job, and you got the second half. You got it all recorded. And and then you don't have to you know the scores going in. It's just one of those deals. Being as popular you are with two two jobs like that, mm-hmm. you just you just do your your jobs and realize 
you'll catch up on some of it, but at least you saw the first half plus live. Jeremy, I don't think. But how do you see the second half? Like, what's your plan on the second half here, Blinkers? My plan on the second half is whether I know the outcome or not, I know I have to watch it anyway. I want to watch it anyway. I want to see why it happened. So. I'm still I, – I think it's inevitable someone's going to tell you what happened. They're going to tell you what the final score See, I is. I think I can avoid it. Well, if you can, try. I think I can but avoid then, it. But just don't be upset. You have to go in with the notion that there's a good chance someone's going to blow it for me and play a spoiler. Yeah. At the same time, maybe huh. that sets you up so that there's not that – you know, that, not that, that as many nerves when you watch it play out. Jeremy, I don't think the Chiefs game is going to be as much of a conundrum as you think. You, you, you said tip-off is at, what, 505? Yeah, five oh five. So it'll be over. The at, Chiefs uh, game starts at seven. Right, but if I'm not if I'm driving. not watching the second half of the Worth. Texans game. But like you're, so you're, by the time you get home, the Chiefs game's gonna be long over. Well, I mean I could I could I could put the but, Chiefs game on my phone and listen to that or listen to that broadcast on the way home. Oh, that's fair. That's a good yeah, point. Because that would be my drive home entertainment. entertainment I would right, be yeah. listening to that game on the way home. And they're gonna they're gonna reveal the score of the previous game true. if I do that. That's true. So, so this everyone, guy, this texture said NFL Network will play Chiefs at 11 p.m. So this is an interesting, this is an interesting thing. I could DVR the NFL Network 11 p.m. replay of the Chiefs game, and I could watch the Texans game whenever I got home, and then just watch that one first, and then watch the Chiefs replay that I DVR at NFL Network whenever I'm done. That's a good call. That's a, I think that's my. I, think I just lean. so nobody tweet at Jeremy Branham. Well, the final I mean, score. I'll turn. I'll turn it off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't tweet me at all. Uh, you can follow me though at Jeremy Branham. Yeah, I mean, I would. I just. I would turn. I just think off. somehow, some way, you're gonna like fill up for gas, or you're gonna flip stations, or you're gonna do something, and all of a sudden, someone's gonna say, "Hey, earlier, did you catch the Texans?" Blah blah blah. Did, wait, are, I'm did, not gonna flip stations. I mean, I would have it on my phone. I'd have something to listen to on the phone. Well, we got to revisit an earlier conversation in the show. What's you that? said you were going to listen to the post game show that we're doing. Well, that's that depends on if I were to know the outcome. If I okay. know the outcome of the Texans, I'll be listening to y'all. If I don't know the outcome of the Texans, yeah, I'm not listening to the darn thing you say. Fair, I understand. Yeah. So I got to, I have some thinking to do. I have some thinking to do. Well, I'll think about it as I drive to Fort Worth. Uh, this guy says get a hotel room, watch the second half, and then watch the replay at eleven. I was get thinking up early that too. Drive. That's expensive. <laughs> I just, I just think from personal experience, all I'm telling you is you're going to make the right decision. You think, but thanks. It's, fu- but it's futile to, it's futile to think that you're going to get everybody to play along with you, and no one somehow or another, you're not going to know the outcome. King says, take the day off. Let Elvin Hayes do play by play. I love working with the Big E. That, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, two messages I like from Kirby this week. I first from the head coach, and I think we talked about this a little bit. I love the fact that D'Amico, as soon as he you know, talked on Monday. He, it's like, we're not talking Colts. Like, the, that was a cool win. That's a great win. But that's not going to define, like, our season. Like, now it's the playoffs. Now it's about going forward. Now it's – everything's on Cleveland. And I like that message because uh, you just can't allow that final game of the regular season to enter your mind as you get ready for the most significant football game in Houston since 2019. So I kind of like what D'Amico did from a philosophical point of view. Yeah, I think that – you want to be def- people are going to remember how you got bounced or or how you did in the playoffs. Yeah, there are going to be people that still remember how you got in, but I think more so than anything else, you are defined by your playoff moments. And I think it's wise to just say, hey, you don't want that kind of letdown we talked about earlier. You don't want guys to go, yeah, but we beat we want we beat Indy when we had to beat Indy. Yeah, but don't get your doors blown off or play less than stellar in the playoffs. This is where true memories are made and. and, and 
you, people can define teams and players. This is where you step up and play your best football. So that that's the absolute right message. As much as you can make fun of Bill Belichick out of the, over the years on every game going, we're on to Indianapolis. We're on to well, <laughs> Cleveland. Well, that's great, and, and, and he's right, but it's it's truly the mentality you have to have because all the good teams have it. They, they, they mm-hmm. just throw – throw away the game tape of the week before, except for what they got to work on offensively or defensively, and then they move on to the next opponent. The second thing that I really liked from uh, from Kirby was whenever the GM of the Texans, Nick Casario, went on with PP at Highway to Hell, and he basically called Jason Lockenfora a liar. He called him a bad word, Nick Casario. Potty mouth Nick Casario called Jason Lockenfora a, a bad word. But the reason I like this a lot is if we're going to take Casario at face value. Look, people lie all the time in sports. There's no secret about that. I, I believe Casario here just because it adds up. Like, why would you leave a franchise where you finally have a franchise quarterback, you have a head coach, and you're winning? Uh, but Casario called uh, Jason Lockenfora a bad word, which to me lets everybody know that I'm not going anywhere. I'm the GM of the Houston Texans, and I like that certainty. And, you know, off-seasons for the Houston Texans haven't had a lot of certainty around here lately uh, a whole lot. So I like that. You have D'Amico, your head coach for the foreseeable future. You have C.J. Stroud, your quarterback, the, the quarterback for the foreseeable future. And Nick Casario basically with his, you know, statement, I'm the GM here, and you're going to have to deal with it. You called him a donkey? He called him a J.A. Yeah, a dunk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. My bad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that this is exactly what you want to hear. But this is also a guy that, you know, everything that you said, plus the fact that just what we just saw with the hiring at Alabama of DeBoer's and and everything and the way it plays out, other coaches used it to get raises and do other things. He didn't. He wasn't about trying to get extra years and extra money. He was about making sure everybody knew he's happy here. He loves it here, and what he sees here now is so much clearer than even when he took the job or in the first couple of years that now there's not only light at the end of the tunnel, that it, there could be a lot of fireworks and celebrations down the road if this team keeps going on the track the way it's going and that everybody's bought in. You love that. Now, if Bobby Slowick was that final piece that was going to be saying those same things, you might feel even better than that. But mm-hmm. because you got quarterback and coach, you're in a great position. Yeah, yeah. I'd be, I'd be a little bit more upset if Casario left than Slowick at that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but I'm with you. Like I don't want Sloak to go anywhere. If I had my druther, Sloak would stay as well. All right, mean text. All the mean things you said to us throughout the week, whether it's the tweets, whether it's the texts, whether it's the twitches. However you said mean things to us or about people, we do it when we return. Mean text for the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, one more word before you get into that weekend. All your plans and, of course, planning to watch all those games Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You might have people coming over to the house maybe multiple times and you want to make sure that the eats and the treats are as good as the games on the TV or maybe better, well, then I recommend Daisy Dips because Daisy Dips are going to make everything better. If you're serving pizza, if you're serving wings, how about a little ranch to dip those into? How about a little French onion dip? How about the fact you don't have to make it in the kitchen and get the right mix with the sour cream and the soup mix and the spices? Nope. All you got to do is go to your local grocery store and get a couple of tubs of Daisy Dips. You get the French onion for the chips and you get the ranch for the pizza and the wings or the vegetable trays where you can use both. And suddenly, everything about your party just got better. Win or lose in the outcome of the game, if you're pulling for a team or not, you know that people are going to be so happy that they came to your place and had a great experience thanks to all the great eats and treats that you serve up. It starts with Daisy Dips. Go to your grocery store today and get you some. You all right? My leg is broken. The bolt's coming through. This is the Car Wreck of the Day, brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. 
mean text, mean tweets, mean twitches, all, all the things that uh, you say to us. Hey, it might be a phone call. You might have said it to somebody else. Just all the mean things that, that we see and we hear throughout the week. Kind of our therapy to, to end the weekend. Here's uh, the first one that we'll read to you with mean text. Uh, I was out on Tuesday. I was not uh, here. I was in Ames, Iowa. Kind of in Ames, Iowa. Uh, a Branham absence is a win for us all. That's just mean. That's just mean. I think it came from Blankers. Nope. Matter of fact, was that your burner, Blankers? Nope. Don't have was, one. Was this one your burner? Shocker, Branham figured out to, way, to make a, an entire segment about him. That was actually from no, the last No, that's normally segment. what you guys say I do. So I, you, it would just be your copy and me. Um, Never said that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever said that. Good cover, Jeff. I don't think I've ever said In fact, I encourage that because I think that personal stories is a good way to interact with uh, with listeners. Like, I think it builds a bond. Uh, I think it's good connectivity between host and uh, the listenership. So I actually encourage that. Like, I think the last one that you might have told was probably the maybe the maybe the skunk on the dog, which I thought was a great segment. Fantastic segment. So I actually, my, my just my general rule of thumb when it comes to sports radio is that I like those things. You guys don't like the Barkley mentions. You don't like the well, Rockets That's not a segment. Mentions. That's not an entire segment. No, I didn't say I didn't like the Barkley mentions. I just like to make fun of you about them. Okay. And then the Rocket mentions, I do. I don't, I don't dislike them, but I just point out when you say them because it's often. Okay. I didn't say I didn't like it, though. That was a reach. You're acting like Dre with those reaches there, Blankers. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's, I mean, anytime you have a personal interaction from host to listeners, I think is a good thing. Uh, this one, I think, was from Lamont. I, didn't, I should have wrote down the name. Uh, last time I heard from Janice McNair is when John McClain called her out for being in an air-conditioned tent while the media died of heat exhaustion, only to realize his behind was wrong. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. You remember? Like, the Texans yeah. don't have these AC for media, and then the Texans, like, quote-tweeted it and took a picture of the literal tent they had with air conditioning for the media. We were talking to DJ about it because he was there every day. Yeah, that was uh, – yeah, I think I was going then, too. I think, I think that's right. I you think were I was doing there your, the day that he was mad or whatever. Yeah, you weren't doing your touchdown. It was what, what did we say six plus the extra point or something. Yeah, what do we call them? Branhamations. I don't remember. Pick six and the extra point. Pick six and the extra point. There you point. go. Yep. Yeah, that's whenever Janice McNair was getting rolled right in front of us. We weren't allowed to take pictures. Just mm. saying. Just saying. Uh, this is. Uh, I think this was directed at me. I think this was on Twitter. This is why you're honestly the worst guy on 97.5. Literally the entire station, bro. I listen often, and you're the worst every time. Kudos to you, though. You made a career of it somehow. So there's some meanness here, but there's also some kindness. I listen often. Thank you for listening. And then he, he said, kudos to you. You made a career out of it. So a lot of positives I took out of that. Okay. <laughs> I, need, I need to see things <laughs> the way you do sometimes because I, I take these the other way. Are you? Is it fair to say that you're a glass half empty? I'm a glass half full. I don't know about that. I don't know if I'd go that far. Joe, you think that'd be fair to say, Judge Joe? I don't think I'm ah, glass half. Not full. always. I don't think I'm glass half full. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're glass full, and I don't think I'm always glass. Yeah, I don't, half empty. I don't feel like either of you guys fit into a category of like that all the time. I think I'm glass. I have tendencies. I know that. Yeah, for sure. But like, no one on this show is either always glass half full or always glass half empty. I think I'm glass is. How would I say this? I think I'm just in the middle. I think I'm just in the middle. Like, how what would be a realistic? Like, if you're a realistic person, how would you say glass is just poured halfway down or halfway through? Like, how would you say that? I honestly think that I could say that I'm glass half sensitive. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I agree I with. Agree I, with I know I am, so I, I'll, I'll own that. Yeah. I, hey, that takes a big person to say that. 
I uh, I respect that, Blinkers. Appreciate that. We're being too nice and mean text here. Let's get off of this stuff. Uh, this guy, I can't remember where he said this. Oh, it was on the text line. I think this was about it was about Joe. He says, "I'll call John and Lance and tell them one thing I learned today is that Joe is a biased moron." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I, was that about? about Dak? <laughs> Oh, I'm just right, gonna lean right, into right, it. Right, right, right. Like you gotta have a little bit of a character. I'm just gonna lean into it. I hate the Cowboys. But that was part I didn't of, before, I but did now too. I do. I've always. I mean, I was. I was with the rivalry of the te- the games that the Packers played. I always did. But I think that was when he he texted all of the stats too. Yeah, it's just because yeah, people think it. that like I'm a Texans fan all the time, so I have this un- this biased hate towards the Cowboys. I have nothing towards the Cowboys. I just think Dak stinks. There like, was a. It was, you know, I, I got a lot more than that because I like Dak quarterbacks. I've endured going Stop. to games at Dallas. I said Dak. <laughs> I know you did. I know you said Dak quarterbacks, Jerry, but I know what you meant. <laughs> Dallas fans have been awful to me, so yeah, I, I, I don't have a lot of love. There was a uh, there was a guy on Reddit the other day that said he was a Bears fan and he converted to Houston Texanism. So, it really did read just like it me. read just like Joe George. It, I was it, like, Is it, it was like Joe? word like, for Joe, word. You got a Reddit just going like, on? The, just like when not. you were going through your temporary divorce, your breakup. <laughs> yeah, I was. I almost considered putting it back on. I'm not happy. So you saw what Caleb Williams did today. Stop it. That's a parody According, account. Was it? Yes. A lot of people bought into true? it. A lot of people also thought Trevor Bauer was signing with the Astros because of some moron today. I know. It had our graphic. I know. Sure did. I know it did. <laughs> You're still our graphic. Can we sue him for, like, libel? I was trying to figure out how to report it and be like, hey, I want, like, I want this to take it down. I think you just clicked the three dots there, Joe. I don't no, think but it's then very there was, No, but there was, like, no, no, from a station there was like a form you have to fill out. I was like, that's not that important. It didn't take that long. Uh, I feel that I, I did it one time. I did it one time whenever that dude posted my address. Oh, that's on right. Twitter. I, that's the only time I've ever done it. Is that a Mariner fan? Yeah, a Mariner yeah. fan posted my address, so I had to report him. It's the only time I've ever done it. Uh, as Todd says, I always like the sales quote, while you're debating if the glass is half full or half empty, I sold the glass. I'm still in that. I'm going to take that. That's what I was looking for. Thank you, Todd. While you guys are debating glass half full or glass half empty, I sold the glass. Even though I don't sell. Uh, King earlier on the Twitch asked Queen B if she was Connor's wife, and Queen said, ooh. Man. Wait That's again. Mean. One more King, time. King asked Queen. <laughs> King of Twitch asked Queen B Spice on the Twitch oh. if she was Connor's wife because she said she was like a Bama fan or something. Uh-huh. And uh, Queen B said, "Ooh, oh. That's not nice to Connor. No. It's super cute when the guy that sounds like a frog talks about playoffs wins as a, te- a Texan fan. Like, dude, are you familiar with Houston playoff history? Who do you think they were talking about? They said you sound like a frog. Mm, me? No. I don't know. Who sounds like a frog? Oh, a frog. I thought you said a fraud. Oh, a fraud. Did you say fraud or frog? Frog. F the animal. Frog. It's not an animal. It's not an animal. You don't uh, think a frog's an animal? It's a reptile. Joel's right here. No, Can you Jerry. not be both? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Oh, okay. Well, put me on Bad Take Boulevard. No, it was Brian. Whenever oh, he filled in B-Mac. for Joe the other day. Yeah. Way to make the list, Mac. All right, does it for us. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Joe for doing all the hard work. He's blank. I'm Branham. We'll talk to you on Monday. Houston, have a great weekend. Goodbye, everybody.